1: investigation and findings said ross the independent investigation cleared our organization on any issues related to tanking and all of brian flores other allegations as i have said all along these allegations were false malicious and defamatory and the issue is now put to rest with regards to tampering i strongly disagree with the conclusions of the punishment however i will accept the outcome because the most important thing is that there be no distractions for our team as we begin our exciting and winning season, I will not allow anything to get in the way of that. Okay, well, you already have because now the world They're knows. It's cleared, that, Mike. That, he is clear. Well, first of all, plan A was Sean Payton and Tom Brady. Right. He's going with plan B, right. Mike McDaniel and Tua Tonga-Vailoa. So he's already distracted from the vibe. Yeah. Because anybody who's at a game and sees McDaniel and Tua now knows, as much as anybody tried to dispute it, he wanted Peyton and Brady. Yeah. But, Chris, I, I mean, this thing is so riddled with inaccuracy he says we were cleared on any issues related to tanking and all of brian Flores' other allegations one of the things he alleged is that ross tried to get him to go along with with tampering with a prominent quarterback in 2019 and of course we know it was brady we knew it was brady from the get-go so this this is but there's
2: only it's only talking about tanking here
1: but he says and all of brian Flores' other allegations related to tanking and all of his other allegations one of his allegations was he tried to get me to go along with tampering and i refused to do it so, uh the, the whole thing, look, I know he says what he has
2: to say. Does I the, think does the NFL help him with this statement, you think at all? No. Just, no, no, not at all. No, I don't think all so. All right. I just thought maybe because of the, the 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 delicate nature of the the tanking that maybe they well, want him to make sure they send out the right words so they're on the same page about how they do that. Now making you think a maybe, little bit. Maybe maybe yeah, you know what? Yeah. Because
1: look, th- this whole thing was and, and I remember when we talked about the possibility of the NFL and Deshaun Watson working out a resolution to his situation. People were like, well, that. Well, how would that happen? It happens all the time. There's no appeal rights here. When I asked the league yesterday, what are the Dolphins' appeal rights? The response was, these punishments are effective immediately, which glosses over they've decided not to appeal. They've agreed not to appeal. Maybe they were told, just be happy with what you're getting here. I know you may be tempted to appeal this, Stephen, and I know you're not happy, but let me tell you something. We're giving you a hell of a gift here because you did. You did try to tank and, but for Brian Flores, you would have tanked and the tampering stuff. We've never seen anything like this before. You're saved by the fact that everybody does it. So either they told him don't bother to appeal or they negotiated this and maybe it was going to be more of a punishment and they negotiated it down to this in exchange for not having a process of dragging that becomes the gift that keeps on giving right. for us, right. That lasts for two or three and then weeks. That they maybe to that us.
2: maybe gets Congress involved, to where right. they go, "What the hell is the going on here?" The longer it lasts, right. Right. right? It's right. some
1: big fight, and right. he goes to court yes. at some point. I remember at one point, Robert Kraft was considering his legal options over Deflate Gate, and that that died down, and he ultimately didn't appeal. Yeah, I think there is value. It's the old Paul Tagliabue line. All's well that ends. You don't want this to become a multi-week news cycle yeah. item because the more you dig, the more that reporters have an incentive to dig, the closer you get to something that becomes a mess for everyone. So I think that's why and, – and so to answer your question – this probably all was orchestrated. I, I would think so. This so, 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 to the extent that there's BS oozing from this statement, right. the
2: NFL helped craft. It. I, I would, I would think so. This, this is a delicate matter. This is, this is beyond Stephen Ross. That's where I just feel like that. That's where they might have gotten involved to go, "Hey, let's make sure we get you know our ducks in a row here, because we do have a legal issue, and we don't want you to say something that incriminates you know all of us here and incriminates the league." So and, and, I can see and, and them and getting involved. That's why we see the wagon circling here. This notion that. We
1: were cleared on any issues related to tanking and all of Brian Flores' other allegations. Because, see, Brian Flores is the bad guy because he has dared to bring legal claims against Big Shield. He is persona non grata. We can't give any credence or credibility to anything he says, except when we want to. But other than that, we're not going to give him any credence or any credibility because he's still trying to take what we got. Right. He's still trying to expose what Stephen Ross and— arguably other teams did through this lawsuit. So I think that is part of it. Now, Flores, to his credit, was not silent yesterday. Here's his statement. I'm thankful the NFL's investigator found my factual allegations against Stephen Ross are true. At the same time, I am disappointed to learn that the investigator minimized Mr. Ross's offers and pressure to tank games, especially when I wrote and submitted a letter at the time to Dolphins executives documenting my serious concerns regarding the subject at the time, which the investigator has in her possession. While the investigator found that the Dolphins had engaged in impermissible tampering of unprecedented scope and severity, Mr. Ross will avoid any meaningful consequence. This is There is nothing more important when it comes to the game of football itself than the integrity of the game. When the integrity of the game is called into question, fans suffer and football suffers. Amen to that, Brian Flores. And he's right. And here's the thing. His lawsuit goes forward. Now, they're fighting over whether or not it's going to play out in open court or secret-rigged kangaroo court. See, this is another reason why they try to steer it towards secret-rigged kangaroo court because he's going to have more to say about the tampering, about the tanking. That letter, this letter that Mary Jo White has in her possession, sure. it's far more likely to be in our possession if the case goes forward in court. If it gets steered toward secret-rigged kangaroo court, we're never going to see it. It's one of the reasons why they do it. Yeah, I'd love to see that letter. I'd love to see what he said, because, you know, getting back to the statement that once Mr. Flores complained, Mr. Ross never said that. And the other executives said, oh, no, no, no. They want you to win every game. Of course they're going to do that. Once he puts it in writing, once he steps out of the just, wink wink nod nod right. this is the way we We're do things talk and he's papering doors. the record in a way right. that if this gets in someone's hands people are in major trouble yeah. that's when they say oh no right. no he's not suggesting even though he is that we lose games oh brian you've got mr ross all wrong we want you to win every game don't worry about our draft status next year and then somebody says to ross hey you know what probably a good idea to quit saying these things around flores because he's created this document right
2: there's a paper trail there's a paper trail now right
1: and so we can't say anything around him so this whole thing stinks this whole thing stinks I, i i'm glad that they found that the dolphins tampered because they did the punishment wasn't nearly enough to fit the crime but this tanking thing stinks to high heaven he did it and but for brian flores it would have been successful and joe burrow I mean, there's an alternate universe out there where
2: Joe Burrow is the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I, but where does it go from here? I mean, again, I just we're gonna just kind of wait it out. I just you know, again, I I understand the NFL tiptoeing around this. Flores made a great comment, certainly, um, you know. But I guess between this and you know the, I guess this part of it, and then what's the other aspect of the lawsuit where the 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 the, the and not treating or giving the African-American coaches right. the proper you know, ability to interview and have a real chance to get the head coaching job, man, those are big issues that the NFL is just, yeah, they're not going to go down easily here. And I don't know, you know what the end game is going to be for Brian Flores. I know he's going to continue to push forward here, but I just wonder how much he could actually get accomplished and done. And to their
1: credit, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I get accused all the time of being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I've never been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan in my life. And I say that because right now I am going to declare they are an organization of integrity. 100%. Top to bottom. Yeah. Because... Once Flores does what he has done in Miami, once he files the lawsuit, once the word is out there that he's a troublemaker, that's when other teams are going to be inclined to shy away from him because they don't want troublemakers. The Steelers are an organization of integrity, and I challenge a team out there because Brian Flores is a man of integrity and principle who will put his own earning capacity, his own job status behind what is good for the game, what is right for the game, the next team that hires him to be a head coach will prove itself to the world to be an organization of integrity top to bottom because you know now the man you are getting if you hire Brian Flores. And I challenge That's any team out there. Look, Sean Payton's a hell of a coach, and Sean Payton's going to land somewhere else this year. If you're a team of integrity, the name at the top of your list for 2023 should be Brian Flores. So NFL teams, you want to prove us that you're teams of integrity? Put Brian Flores at the top of the list. Don't tamper with him, though. But put him at the top of the but list you're, so
2: and make him a coach next year. I know year. we had this conversation when it went down, and you thought maybe this might be the end for Brian Flores to ever be a head coach again or do anything Still like that. Still may be. We'll see if any teams have integrity. I know. Well, you're, you're right. It, it is interesting to see. I wonder if it also just how long this legal process plays out. I have a hard time thinking anybody's going to consider him as a – head coach candidate if the legal well, process is playing out. Well, Maybe when that all gets finished and done, then he gets back in it. I do think there's going to be a team that eventually does it because there's just not that many good coaches see, to go around and he's one of them.
1: L- l- let me just say this. So yeah. I want to dispel this idea because this came up with Colin Kaepernick. It comes up with, with Brian Flores. How can you expect to get hired by someone you've sued? How can you expect to get a head coaching job? You've sued them. You're supposed to be able to do these things and not face retaliation. And let's not just accept it's okay. If it was happening to you in your workplace, if your rights were violated, and then you get fired because you dared to try to advance and protect your own rights, that's wrong. Yeah. That type of retaliation is wrong. Brian Flores has proven to be a skilled coach. He was able to win in a toxic, dysfunctional environment where the owner of the team wanted him to lose. The owner of the team wanted to have one of these places where it's poisonous, where the players are like, what the hell's going on here? Aren't we trying to win? And Chris, back to the tanking. It was happening early in the 2019 season. Minka Fitzpatrick wanted out right. because of it, I believe. Mm. It was at some point week four or week five where Brian Flores realized we can't play this game. They were getting the crap kicked it out worked. of them week after week, and it was around the bye week. We can go back and break down the schedule. I think he decided, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. And maybe somebody said to him, hey, this is on you. This is your legacy. This is your record. They're gonna regard you as a bad coach. Yeah. They're not gonna say, well, you know, they weren't really trying to win. They were trying to get Joe Burrow. Right, right. You're gonna be gone by the time Joe Burrow is the uh-huh. coach because you went on 16. Yeah. Right. So I, 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 I just I just hope. I hope that people realize he was within his rights to sue. He's right about what he's saying, and that if you are an owner of integrity, true integrity, you prove it by hiring Brian Flores to be your head coach. He's clearly qualified, and I hope that he gets a job sooner than later. And, again, kudos to the Pittsburgh Steelers for giving him a job at a time when
2: they knew the allegations he yeah. was making yeah. and they still did the right thing. Yeah, that's why Rooney, the Rooney's and, and Mike Tomlin are awesome that way. They are. And I, I think they kind of line up to exactly what you're saying there, uh, and that's why they're one of the better organizations in all of football. But we'll see. I, I don't think Brian Flores is going to get any dabble, uh, you know, dabbles in the head coaching market until this is settled. Uh, but, but I don't know when that's going to take place too. Well, how long do you think this drags out before this part, this well whole thing is they're, done?
1: They're still screwing around with the arbitration, issue. right? So they're, they're, they're still far away. And, and,
2: and where they're at in the arbitration issue, the.
1: The plaintiff's side of it, Brian Flores and Ray Horton and Steve Wilkes, they are trying to get information about Roger Goodell's compensation, about his bias, because he's being asked under the NFL's in-house arbitration process to pass judgment in cases involving teams that are the ones who are paying him his $65 million a year. There's a bias there. You can't. How can you expect him to be independent? Yeah. And I'm glad that that's finally an issue. But, Chris, that's going to be a fight – for months. This case is going to hang around for years, barring a settlement. And, and look, I, I, I can't say this strongly enough. We're at a strange time in this country where there aren't enough true heroes and the people who do the right thing get lost in the shuffle. Brian Flores is a true hero. He is somebody who is committed to, and it sounds hokey. It sounds like truth, justice in the American way, Well, the American way no longer relies on truth and justice. We need a little more truth and justice in our society. And Brian Flores has proven that he is committed. And more people need to behave like him. More people need to applaud him. And more people need to take him seriously in his chosen profession. And I just, I'm going to do everything I can to advocate for Brian Flores. I'm with you. Regardless
2: of the consequences. I'm with you. You know, I've I've known the guy for a long time. He's, uh, everything you're saying is totally true. He is a stand-up human being, no-nonsense, good family man, father, perfect that way. And then, you know, just a, a real football coach. And then that's to anybody that's ever talked to Brian Flores, people that have interviewed him. I mean, I know people across the league who are always just, man, Flores is impressive. I mean, he really is. He is on everything. He understands the full scope of an organization and how it's supposed to be run because of his time in New England. And he's also a trustworthy soldier And the fact that he's not like a, a gossiper or anything like that to where he's you know trying to politic his way up the ladder or you know you know talking behind closed doors or anything like that i mean i think the fact that even this went down and you didn't hear much about it at the time it was actually going down, says a lot about Brian Flores. He could have taken his complaints to the media. He could have said I, I, to a few we people. Would have gladly, well, that's we would what have I mean. He could have said it. this to a coach here or a media guy here and kind of got the conversation going a little bit and been that guy. That's not in him. So, yeah, he is what the NFL needs and should want as a head coach. Uh, and he went 10 and 6 two years in a row in a dysfunctional place like you're talking about without a franchise quarterback. Without a franchise quarterback. In one of the better divisions in football, too. All of those things. I mean, 10-6, and 6, two years in a row. Makes no sense, and that's why I get back to the tampering. He was fired maybe because he pissed Steven Ross off a little bit for not tanking, but ultimately because he was fired because Brady and Sean Payton put on the coup d'etat to get down there <laughs> to Miami. Yeah, you know, um, you make
1: an excellent point, though. It would have been very tempting and I'm sure he was tempted, to blow the whistle externally. Sure. Because he's getting all this pressure to lose. Right. And, and oh, my God, the guy's offering me $100,000 per loss. He's trying to tank the season. How do I beat this back? Yeah. One way to beat it back. Make it a public is issue. Make it, make it a public right. issue. Exactly and he didn't right. do it. And right. he didn't do it. Right. That's another, that's another feather in the cap mm-hmm. for Brian Flores. Even under a situation like that where it would have been so easy to justify, betraying the team that is betraying you that is trying to get you to go against everything you believe in, you still did the right thing and didn't. Although I think the right thing would have been to go ahead and talk about it because we we, we would have loved to have had this story in real time. By the way, go ahead and sleep on the Steelers this year. Well, they got Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores. I, I,
2: uh, I, I was literally just about to say it. To me, two of the... Most unspoken things in football this year. One of them is Brian Dayball not being with Buffalo and Ken Dorsey taking over, which I think is kind of under the radar. Big thing I'm watching for a team that we're all putting in the Super Bowl in Buffalo. And then, yes, I'm with you. I mean, we just talked about Miami and we said they were 10 and 6 without a franchise quarterback in dysfunction. And why were they 10 and 6, Mike? It wasn't because their offense was awesome. Guess what? It was because their defense was next level. I mean, they divs, they're they extremely creative, and within being creative, they're sound as hell and you know i think to your point there that's where i was going to go with it that's why you got to be careful about sleeping on pittsburgh you know they got a little talent on defense they're going to have some new new schemes on the defensive side of the ball Flores is going to be able to open up, you know, a different, a few different pages of the playbook for Mike Tomlin and company, and go, hey, you know, when I was in Miami, we lined up in this against this personnel set or this formation, and then, you know, we had this check if they we thought they were checking out of this or blah blah blah, and he's just going to add to their overall talent and 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 scheme. You know uh, creativity on that side of the ball that I'm very excited to see. Remember what they did to Lamar
0: Jackson. That's where I was going to go Thursday, that Thursday night. That's where everybody in the play world twice this year. Well,
2: think about two years ago what they did to the Rams and Jared Goff and his last year. Remember that was the first time they did it where you were like, "What the hell is this? All eleven guys are at the line of scrimmage and McVay and Jared Goff don't know what the hell to do." And yes, so he he's come up with these type of game plans that have made a mark around the NFL, and that's where he's a special coach too.
1: By the way, PointsBet has the AFC. North currently, you yeah, ready for this? Yeah. Baltimore Ravens favorite to win at plus one hundred and sixty. Okay. Bengals next at plus two hundred. Uh, I mean, what, what do the Bengals have to do to be a favorite <laughs> in their own division? They almost won the Super Bowl. Then come the Browns at plus two hundred and twenty-five. The Steelers right now are ten to one. Hey, anyone out there? Anyone out there who has a little money, please bet responsibly. How in the hell do you not take ten to one odds for the Steelers to win that division? I know it's a great division, it is. but again, and, and I've lived in and around Pittsburgh my entire life. Any time the Steelers are regarded as, eh, they're not going to be very good. That's when they end up having a pretty great year. Yeah, I hear and, you. And Mike Tomlin said it because Peter King pissed off Mike Tomlin by saying, "Well, you're not going to be very good." And, and Tomlin got mad at him, and he said, "Bring it on, bring it on." And I, they, I think they they thrive on that. Yeah, the Steelers do. The entire organization does.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. They're they're you know they got a uh, a lot of. Bad dudes there, and I mean that in a way where they love the fight, they love the physicality you of You wanna say something else? You wanted I did. to say you wanted to say, I want to the say thing bad that bad mofos. You wanna say the I thing to that say. Lawrence Taylor signs exactly when he gets your jersey? jersey. Yeah. Exactly right. That's what I did. But that's what they do have there, and I do think they enjoy they enjoy the criticism, yeah, put us down, we're not gonna be very good, and the motivation and, and the fighting back of that is a very real thing in Pittsburgh. I've experienced it. I've seen Mike Tomlin when he was one of our defensive coaches in Tampa. He thrives off of those type of environments. And he becomes a better leader and a better motivator when he gets put in that corner there, where you know we saw it a few years ago with Duck Hodges and that group there, where we go,ing how the hell can they win a game and they kept winning games and staying relevant?
1: All right, we got five segments to go and about forty minutes left, so we are going to move almost as fast as I was moving on I-77 I seventy seven last week. not that, I'm admitting
2: you're any speeding. No, what not, car did you drive up here? Huh?
1: That's all right. Let's yeah. take a break. We're going we, in the Audi. We, today? Are, we are going to Zoom do an room. NFC East grab bag when PFT
2: Live continues can't hide right money florio has got lots of it.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. With the
2: loss of James Washington, can you? what is your approach? Would you like to see some of these younger
1: guys to see what you have before bringing in help from the outside? Or would you like to get a veteran in here?
2: I mean, I think just like anything, you know, you have a 90-man roster. Uh, you know, our wide receiver group. You know even going into this camp by design we wanted to make sure uh we're giving all these young guys an opportunity um but you know the other part of it too is you do have the install phase that you're you're you're, you're going through so I, I think you'll definitely see these young guys improve you know with, with with those opportunities um particularly once you get past the install phase um so that's really what my focus is as far as, far as being on who's here uh as, as far as you know veterans and Understanding what's going on at each and every position. I mean, play, player acquisitions is is constant. Uh, so if we go that way, uh, you know, that'll, that's too too to be t- determined. Uh, but it's 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 not a, it's not a focus of mine.
1: Well, it took Mike McCarthy a little bit longer to pick up the local accent than it took Brian Kelly. Three years in, he's got the Texas got a little twang. Twang that in there. coming through. That's it does the, happen. Turn it on, turn it off, like Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. Well, it
2: does happen. I can, I can say that, like, you know, you get around people, they're talking a certain way, you start to adopt some of their sayings. I mean, I found myself down there in Texas, not that I had a twang, but my Jersey accent left, and I certainly was. Saying some phrases and things that I never said before, or ever heard of before, once I got down there. So I can stick up for him there in a little bit. What do you want to say, you little snarky bastard? You did you have a cowboy <laughs> hat? Do they make cowboy hats big enough to cover that bucket of a head that you they, have? They, they did. They, they, they were so conscious of me being um, a northerner and a Yankee down in Texas that I, they. I was like, at one point down in Texas, they wanted me – I went to the rodeo with one of the big alum and wore a cowboy hat and got it all fitted and perfect to kind of show that I wasn't some – you know, silver spoon laissez-faire guy from the Northeast. Didn't work, did it? <laughs> I Guess not. Now, did you have the black hat and Major
1: Alperwhite had the white hat? Is that, <laughs> no, that work?
2: Yeah, no, it did not work like that. Uh,
1: a little grab bag, <laughs> NFC East style. Buy or sell, the Cowboys need to bring in another wide receiver. James Washington, Jones fracture of the fifth metatarsal in his foot. He's expected to miss six to 10 weeks. Michael Gallup with the torn ACL. We talked about this a little yesterday. Do they need to bring someone else in?
2: I, I think they do. I mean, I, I understand them. It doesn't need to maybe be early Urgent here, But again, as we talked about yesterday, uh, yesterday too, there, there's just not a lot of proven commodities as far as so I would think that, you know, at something at some point I would want somebody just to go, wait, hey, yeah, we want to see these young guys and we want them to develop, but we need to cover our butts here a little bit in case they don't develop or if we get one more injury, we got to have somebody in here that we can really depend on. And, you know, I know Odell's out there, all right, so we got that. But there's, there's other guys out there, too. Hey, Cole Beasley, he's still out there. Uh, am I wrong? Is Emmanuel Sanders signed anywhere? He's still out there. He's still he's out available. there. So there's guys like that to where you could go, hey, he might not be a superstar as good as he was, but he still can help us out and give us a little security at the position.
1: I agree with you. And I think in hindsight, I wonder if they wish they would have kept Amari Cooper given what the market yeah, has done. where the That 20000000 million to. doesn't look as ridiculous as it did going into the season. I think that they knew when they did the deal, this is a two-year contract, and in year three we're moving on, and they never revisited that. Yeah. And maybe they should have revisited it in light of the salary cap and in light of where the market was going to go, not that anyone could foresee where the market went. All right, let's move on to the Giants. Fill in the blank. The number one thing I want to see from Daniel Jones this preseason is what?
2: Um I want to see better pocket awareness. That's the biggest thing. You know, we've talked about that, what, a million times over the last three years? Just got Brian Dable. I want to see some of that Josh Allen. Sure, look at your reads, but don't just stand there and be the robot and hang in the pocket forever. Get out. You know, play some backyard football. He's an incredible athlete. We know that. I mean, he's had some of the longest runs out of any quarterback in football the last few years, and he does not use that enough in the scrambling aspect of his game. There's difference between a runner and a scrambler. The best quarterbacks in football right now are scramblers, not runners. Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Allen—they're not looking to run down the field. They're looking to scramble behind the line of scrimmage, buy some more time. That let me throw a laser. That's something he needs to improve on, and hopefully help his fumbling problem.
1: I just want to see confidence—that that intangible quality, right. right? You know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. When you're watching the game on TV and they, they they cut to the close shot of the quarterback, you can see on his face whether he has confidence or not. Is it working? Is it not working? And you know we were talking earlier about how the Hall of Fame game—they've already announced Trevor Lawrence isn't going to play at all. Right. It used to be a cameo appearance starting quarterbacks are are in bubble wrap more and more in the preseason I wonder how much they're going to play Daniel Jones as they try to figure out who he is what he is and to get him ready for week one because they have Tyrod Taylor and there's been some noise yeah. About Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Not much. Right. A little bit. Yeah.
2: There's yet to be any reliable I, reporting I about right. it, but the noise is out the there. The noise is out there. I had Colin Cowherd ask me about it last week a little too. I, 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 you know, I just, I guess where I know it's noise, I know everybody looks at it and goes, wait, this team's quarterback's not as good as we think. Let's get Jimmy Garoppolo because he's been to an NFC championship game in the Super Bowl. I, you know, again, I don't know really how good Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's been with the two best offensive coordinators in football, and I can say that neither one of them wanted him anymore. So there's a little problem there. We all got to like realize that. And then what I would add on to it, and we we discussed this, we know they like Daniel Jones, the New York Giants. I mean, we know that. They're trying to make it work. They know they haven't given him a fair shake. So I just think that adds more issues to your football team. You're not going to give Daniel Jones the fair shake that way anyways with a guy like Garoppolo. He's got a little pressure on him with Tyrod Taylor there as is anyways. You bring Garoppolo there there's more pressure and here's the last thing at the end of the day. Daniel Jones potential is greater than Jimmy Garoppolo's. He's got more physical ability and an ability to be something greater than Garoppolo. So I think that's why you don't do that. You gotta let it play out one more year. It's the first year he might have a legitimate support system there in New York and we'll see what he He's made of, and he can hopefully answer some of these questions.
1: Philadelphia Eagles, take your pick. Who's the newest member of the team you're most excited to see in action? They've added AJ Brown, Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury. They drafted Jordan Davis, a guy that you really liked coming out, and among others, who, who's the, who's the one that you can't wait to see in that Eagles uniform? I
2: think it's Jordan Davis is the one I'm excited. I mean, just you know, you know me, I love big dudes, I love big butts and big legs, and guys that could just take space up and raw and just manhandle people. I want to. What are they gonna do? A defensive line. Some some freak guy is not going to play there. Are they going right. to put, put Fletcher Cox on the bench? Is he going to be a backup to Jordan Davis and Javon Hargrave? Yeah, I, right? it's a great – hey, so, but you know what? When, but it's when, a good problem.
1: And the, one of the ingredients of a great team is an offensive line that has five guys that never leave the field and a defensive line that has eight guys who are constantly – churning and and entering that That, that's one of the keys you want to have enough guys that you can plug in Fletcher Cox and give Jordan Davis a hundred percent rotate them in and out because nothing wears down that offensive line which is the same five guys for the most part than having all these fresh bodies being thrown at them especially as the game gets no question where you know maybe you got to throw the ball to try to get back into it buy or sell we will see Carson Wentz gain his confidence back this season been a long time in the preseason We're going to see confidence in Carson Wentz. Buy or sell?
2: I'm going to buy that. I am. I mean, everything's positive right now. They're talking about him in a a, a good way. They seem to be positive about what he's bringing to the table there. He's clearly the most physically gifted quarterback they've had in Washington for a while. So that is the first thing that's just going to open up everybody's eyes on the team. They're going to go, whoa, this dude is huge. Whoa, he moves pretty well. And whoa, he throws it a lot harder and better than anybody we've had here in Washington the last few years. And I think between that, the fact that, you know, they traded for him. He is controversial in a way. I do think that we're going to see him gain some confidence. And they got a little talent down there in Washington. They're flying under the radar. The other thing, too, we know about the preseason. We talked about this
1: earlier in the week. If you really have an agenda that you want to push, if you have an objective, you can do it in the preseason. If you want to try to win football games just to build confidence in your team, I remember Dennis Green's first year with the Vikings in 1992. They had been mired in dysfunction, right. the aftermath of the Herschel Walker trade, and they went four and zero, and and then they shut out. Washington, who yeah. just won the Super Bowl. And, and that, that gives you, you know, you're trying to reset. You're try, and you're, and the team doesn't need to be reset as much as Wentz needs to be reset. So they can, they can use the preseason to yeah. try to give him the boost that maybe lasts when they face the Jaguars to start the regular season. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. More PFT Live coming right after this. Bad news for the Denver Broncos on Tuesday, and this is the, the time of year when we we just have to sit back and watch and wait to see what happens. Tim Patrick suffers a torn ACL in practice, came down awkwardly after making a catch. MRI later revealed he'll be out for the season. Mm. Not long after that, running back Demary Crockett suffered a knee injury. He confirmed on Twitter that he has an ACL tear. Here's Coach Nathaniel Hackett on the injuries in Denver. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, both those guys have been working so hard, you know, and,
2: uh, you know, a guy like Tim, who's such an amazing leader, um, that has done everything you've asked, you know, I mean, it breaks your heart, because you love it. Now, on the flip side, he gives somebody else an opportunity to really grow and become a great player, because um, that's what we're going to need. So I think that whenever you have these things happen, it's about supporting the man, because we are about the entire team, but then at the same time, now flipping it out and going, hey, now everybody's got to pick it up, and somebody's got to show up.
1: Yeah, I mean it's next man up or it's go find someone else. Yeah. But at, at at this stage of camp, you got 90 guys down to 88, obviously, and you got some options, you got some choices, you got some things you can do, and and this is where the general manager George Payton comes into play to make the decision. Just like the Cowboys, what do you do? Yeah. Have you seen enough from the next guys farther down that you don't need to backfill on the outside, right. and you can just trust everyone to bump up? I yeah. mean, that, from a from a camp body standpoint, they'll need another receiver just to do the drills and, and to get through the preseason game. Sure. That's a big part of it, too. If you're not going to play your starters in the preseason, you need a bunch of backups around to get through the preseason game. Yeah,
2: I, I don't know if I look at it quite as – um maybe as desperate as the Cowboys situation that we talked about last segment. But, yeah, I think there's they definitely are going to have their eye on the free agent market right now. Again, these guys have – you know, whether it's a T.Y. Hilton, Nicole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, whatever. But I will say as compared to the Cowboys, there's at least a little bit more of a some proven commodities on their roster as far as pass catchers. Jerry Judy, I think they're very comfortable where he was going. He was going in the right direction before he got hurt last year. Cortland Sutton is got superstar potential. And of course, you know, was first year back from an ACL injury last year and he played pretty good and got better as the year went on too there. So it stinks that they lose Tim Patrick because of some injuries last year. He really came and jumped on the scene. And it was like, wow, this guy, you know, he's really made a name for himself in the NFL. The other aspect, too, they have K.J. Hamler, right, who they drafted out of Penn State two years ago. He's just back on the field, too. He has an incredible ability. He's a second-round pick. Uh, So I I guess they have a little more wiggle room, I guess, is what we're saying, than Dallas maybe to a degree. And something I saw over the weekend about Jerry
1: Judy, he is voluntarily attending the quarterback meetings to better understand the new quarterback. I can see him doing that, yeah. And, you know, This is, and this gets back to the theme of the week last week, which is already so far in the rearview mirror you barely even notice it, the impact Russell Wilson has as he walks through the door. It elevates everyone. And and it may be a situation like you were talking about earlier with Gruden. It may be that Russell Wilson said, you know, in in Seattle— Tyler Lockett would sometimes sit in in the quarterback meetings. Right. And that's it. Yeah. The next thing you know, there's Jerry Judy sitting in the front row of his notebook. He's
2: that type of guy, too, from what I've heard. And, you know, remember we met him a few years ago in Miami before the 49ers-Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. Uh, People think I don't like him because I didn't make him one of my top five receivers there. No, there's a lot to like. And he's a really good route runner. Like a Devonte Adams was for Green Bay, to where I could see him having that role for any intricate schemed route to run. That's going to be Jerry Judy there. I think I expect him to have a really good year. He's got it all. Great route runner. You know he's explosive. It's not Jamar Chase explosive, but he's explosive, and I do think he has the mentality and everything you want as far as that guy to to be your go-to receiver.
1: They've got the potential to have a really good offense. They do, like everyone else in the AFC West. Yeah. But Melvin Gordon's back. Javante Williams. They had split carries right down the middle last year. And Nathaniel Hackett is talking like a guy who wants to use multiple running backs, and they just need to they need to uh, work in. Someone to replace Patrick, but uh, Russell Wilson is going to change everything for the Broncos. And again, it's the AFC West, so you really don't know what it's all going to mean when it's all said and done. Let's go ahead and take a break. We've got plenty more PFT Live to come, including a draft inspired by the punishment that was levied on Tuesday against the Miami Dolphins. We'll be right back. <laughs>
2: Hello, Hey, Mike, uh, it's the Pat and Aaron show. You're live on the air in Tampa, Florida. Sorry to just call you like this, but we felt like we should apologize for you uh, to you for all the crap we gave you about the Tom Brady stuff since, you know, it's all coming out is pretty true, isn't it?
1: Well, I knew it was. It's nice <laughs> to be vindicated once in a while, and I appreciate the phone call. I'm actually working on a story right now about this. It's amazing to me that it came out, and uh, it's amazing to me because it happens all the time. But I think in this case, it was so blatant they had to do something about it, especially because they were giving Steven Roth the pass on the allegation that he deliberately tanked in 2019. So they found another way to discipline him without finding that he had deliberately tried to lose games, which would have been bad for everyone.
0: We're going to be revisiting everything you've written and anything we've ever questioned, and we just have to go over it again and then just look at it again. We're sorry. (laughs) I'll settle for this. I'll settle for this. Moving forward, just don't question what we write.
1: (laughs) And and that really is the message. (laughs) You know, if I grew a beard, that's probably what it would look like. I don't always say I told you so, just kidding, I told you so. Um Man, look at that. Look, and, and I don't I don't want I tweeted this yesterday. You don't need to apologize, just go by playmakers. And just 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 give us the benefit of the doubt. The next time that we are committed to something and that we're telling you it's true, just give us give us the just stop and think. You know, the last time those dumbasses said something and I said they were crazy.
2: They were right. That should count. Shouldn't it count a little bit? I agree. I, well, one, I We're not like the breaking news type of people that we're always living to do that. So when we do do it, it's usually I, – I, that's where I want to go. Like when, when have I ever said something where people – oh, that was yeah, totally well, wrong. I've well, gotten pushback like four times on four different stories now, and they've all been real – and it's you're right. Still people go on and go, no, nah, I'm not sure if I believe them. Jake Glazer told me a decade
1: ago, and this has resonated with me ever since. In this business, the true journalism is finding out the stuff that they didn't want us to know. So much of what happens is somebody getting a text five minutes before the announcement. Yeah. Who cares? Right? Who cares? Find out something that they don't want us to know. Right. That's where you really can, can prove that you know what's going on. So uh, we'll take it. and uh, just, just I'm not saying you have to agree with us completely. Just stop and think the next time we say something that you think we're crazy. There's still a chance we may be, but maybe we're not wrong. Maybe we're not. All right, today's draft. Who are the people that were happiest to hear about the Dolphins' discipline? Well, and I'm going to go first. We were talking about this during yeah, the break.
2: Yeah, he is a great one. So uh, I,
1: look, Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, because that's the first time they've been mentioned in today's show. While the NFL is still in the 72-hour window for deciding whether or not to appeal to the NFL, it is amazing the suspension, it completely knocked Deshaun Watson off the top of the stack at a time when it was all anyone was talking about, pivoted to this. That's why I say there's no coincidences. They, they, I suspect, were holding this and waiting for one day after Judge Robinson issued her decision in the Watson
2: case. Yeah, I don't doubt that either. You're right. And, and you know, I, I expect them to probably be back on the top of the list here in the next few days again, over talking about them. But certainly. Uh, he gets at least a day of reprieve here. The Browns do. Everybody does because of this. The the giganticness of this. The story. I mean, it's it's really unbelievable. Really, when you think about it, the greatest quarterback ever, one of the best coaches we've seen in the last 20 years, were in cahoots to make a move to go to the Miami Dolphins. Coup d'état. Coup d'état. All right. Uh, well, I got to go with that guy though, Brian Flores. He's he's be the next one that just right to right to the top of the list. Yes. I know he's a little unhappy that they didn't come down a little bit more serious on, on, on Stephen Ross with the tanking. But there is some real vindic- vindication here for, for Brian Flores and some of the claims that he's made. And just, again, I think just showing that things weren't all that easy to be a head coach there in Miami with the way that organization was run and some of the things they were asking him to do and whatever else. So uh, I got to think Brian Flores, even though not as happiest, was at least happy to hear some discipline come down on Miami.
1: I'm going to go with Jerry Jones here for one very important reason. I think Jerry Jones previously was at risk of losing Sean Payton in 2023 to some other team that would have blatantly tampered with Payton and set it all up ahead of time before Jerry had a chance to say, I'm in or I'm not in. And I really do think, at least for this year, teams are going to be more careful, and there may be that team out there that is just reluctant. Like, say, the Chargers. Right. That's one of the teams that's been mentioned. Yeah. And let's say the Chargers are kind of in the playoff hunt, and yeah. they're not really inclined to, to, to try to get themselves in trouble, and and we're not going to risk having this all blow up, and we're fine with Brandon Staley. We'll let this go. I think, Jerry, because he's already pre-tampered with Sean Payton, they already have the relationship. You don't have to tamper with so Sean Payton good. to set him up for the Cowboys. It gives Jerry Jones more time the inside track. It gives him. It gives him. It clears out the possibility of that he's gonna that he's gonna line something up with someone else right. and force Jerry to move his hand sooner. He can let this season play out before he makes a decision so, about what to do with Payton. Yeah, it's I, th- I think
2: he's gonna have more flexibility. Yeah. So you, you it takes away the competition early on in the process. You think to where, yeah, he doesn't have to worry about you know putting his best foot forward or really committing to Sean Payton in early December or something like that. Yeah,
1: I mean, at some point the conversation will
2: be Jerry, we got to know what you're going to do. Right.
1: Because I got this other job lined up, it's like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because I don't know how far this team's yeah, going to go, right. and I'm just going to have to. I'm just going to have to pass on my opportunity to get Sean Payton. He may not have to pass. I, I was
2: I was thinking Mike McCarthy a little bit because maybe I thought just as the fact of like could be both. Though. I know It could be the other could way. Could be right? that
1: people stop asking him about it yeah. because I think all that talk may die down now.
2: Yeah, that, that, I was wondering that. I'm not going to make that my draft pick, but that, I did think about that. Um, the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott. Let's just say him. I'll have to pick a name to be specific here. The how could they not be happy? They're the team that's just taking control of the AFC East, right? They're looking to be a team with Josh Allen just starting the prime of his career where they're going, wait, we're going to build something and we want to be the kings of the AFC East for the next five or six years. I think, you know, we know New England's there, but I think Miami was a you know direct threat to that, too. As we've discussed, it's one of the better rosters in, in the game. I mean, you really you can go through every position and go, whoa, 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 in Miami. The only question mark we got is really the quarterback position. They improved the O-line. That was the biggest part of their – but now, you know, Buffalo, few assets taken away from the, the Miami Dolphins. I, I, I would think that, you know, with a division rival like that, that made them feel good yesterday.
1: I'm going to fuse two together on this one. I'm going to say Adam Gase and Joe Philbin – the two prior Dolphins coaches who were fired by Stephen Ross. Because in hindsight, and I I know that that, that Gase went to the Jets and it was a disaster, but it just underscores the dysfunction that any head coach of that team under Stephen Ross has dealt with. So in hindsight, I think we go back and look at the – win-loss record for those two guys and say, man, you know, the degree of difficulty for both of them working with Steven Ross, the degree of difficulty higher than it'd be with a normally functioning owner and football team.
2: Yeah. I, 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 I hear you there. There's gotta be something there with those two guys to look at it and go, huh, you know, yeah, things weren't that easy. there. not that great. It's not the best organization and the owners are pain in the butt, which we've heard rumors like that before. Um, my last one I think I'm going to go with Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft. I mean again the New England Patriots just like Buffalo that's certainly the the you know connection as far as competition in the division too. But I got to think there's owner owner competition as well and I would think that you know even though I'm sure Mr. Kraft knew it was coming to an end with Tom Brady and all that I got to think that he didn't love that maybe Stephen Ross and company were making a play at his quarterback, his prized position possession, his you know adopted son Tom Brady, and the fact that they were so aggressively going after him, and that you know basically this put an end to that ever happening. Uh, I would think he's got to be happy about that. Do you think it
1: slams the door on Tom Brady to Miami in twenty twenty
2: three? I do. I don't. I, I do think it does. I. I mean, I don't know why, but I just feel like it just. Uh, a lot will happen in six months. I know you're right. This dies people down. People forget. Sean and- Watson
1: takes over again. Yeah. Season starts. I know. Bright shiny object. Right. Bright shiny object.
2: The world may feel a lot different when March yeah, rolls Yeah, they around. might. You're right. People, you know, they they forget this stuff pretty quickly. Uh, to where, yeah. Again, if Brady wants to do this and make it happen, then then he'll be able to. I think a little to depend on Tua's play, though. If Tua has a right. really good year, right. But I'm just saying, does yeah. it close the door? I don't think it closes the yeah, door. Yeah, I don't know if it does either. I think you're right. I don't. Think I it think closes it closes it. the
1: door on Brady and Peyton next year in Miami. Yeah, but but I don't think it closes the door on Brady. All right, let's take a break. We're gonna remember one of the all-time greats in the broadcasting industry when PFT Live concludes right after this. vin scully on the call of one of the great moments in nfl history vin scully died yesterday at home at the age of 94 a towering figure in sports broadcasting he was the voice of the dodgers in los angeles and brooklyn 67 years did plenty of nfl work i think it was hank stram in the booth with vin scully that day back in early 1982 when the 49ers broke the cowboys Rams, Vikings, Hammerlock in the NFC. That's why that moment was so important because throughout the '70s it was the same three yeah, or four teams. Right. Then here come the 49ers and they take out the Cowboys with that catch and that call and that. That's one of the great moments that just resonates from my formative years. It, it,
2: it's amazing, and you know, of course, I've seen the play a million times. He's so associated with Dodgers baseball that when. We were about to play that clip. I, for, I forgot that he did that. I, I didn't even realize he made that call. I'd never really given him credit for that call, even though it's one of the best of all time, because I've just always associated the guy with, you know, baseball and, and the Dodgers. But man, a special guy. And one of those, like, as soon as you hear his voice, it just stands out. It really is. And he is. He's a legend in my book, even though he's a, a guy that was maybe before my time, uh, just had a classical, classic voice. And uh, sorry to see him go.
1: And it's twice this week where somebody that has just been around my entire life, Bill Russell and Vin Scully, that you just never think of a world without them because mm. the only world you've known, they've been part of it. It's just it's it's uh, it's a strange kind of a feeling. But Vin Scully, uh, incredible broadcaster, and and worked deep, deep into way deep. I mean, I mean they,
2: they basically had to force him out of the the door in L. A. Right, the Dodgers to to a degree there at the end, or. You know, I mean, it was just, I don't want to say forced out of the door, but, well, you know. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, it been...
1: it's, always, it's always difficult to know when the right time is to
2: learn yeah, the Yeah, right.
1: But it's hard to do when it's what you've done yeah. for so long, when it's what you do, when it's who you are. What you do can become who you are, and then once that's gone
2: yeah what do you do? You? what do you Who do what do you well yeah you? what is your identity I know you're right that's a very tough thing I, I understand that that's why players hang on in football and, and hang on there for a while because it is it's part of your identity but man the fact that he can say or that you know he he, he could say and was a part of the Brooklyn Dodgers and the LA Dodgers It's just it's amazing the the to last the test of time in this world and really I mean just totally professional. Never heard a bad thing about Vin Scully once in your life, and just a part of so many classic calls, you know, throughout sports history.
1: And uh, you know, a great life lived. Ninety-four. I'll take ninety-four if I can get it. Uh, I'll Sign take me 84. up right now. I'll take eighty-four. Sign me up right if now if I can get it. Yeah. Um, so uh, a great life lived. And uh, my goodness. Um, wow. Young Vin Scully there, and some photos of his youth. But uh, twenty sixteen, October second. That was his last call. Um, and 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 again, I had I didn't know that he was calling Dodgers games all the way back to Brooklyn either.
2: I I I I didn't know that. You know, it's just amazing when you see it in writing. But you know, I I definitely have heard some of those calls and Yankees Dodgers games or whatever. When you see a few highlights where it was Vin Scully, and you hear it, you know me, I'm a baseball fan too. So um, it's 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 uh, an amazing guy. I mean, he's right up there with, you know. The great Howard Cosell of the NFL, Al Michaels, whoever else you want to put in that, John Madden. You know, the greatest announcers of any sporting event all time. Vin Scully, certainly, you know, on the Mount Rushmore, as far as I'm concerned. So, we're going to be here for the rest of the week. We're going to head over to the stadium. Yeah. So I
1: haven't been to the stadium in a while. They have. I've never been. They have upgraded it. Yeah. You're going to go to the Hall of Fame? I definitely. Am. Around? Yeah.
2: I I'm, want I'm to check it out. I mean, I'm here. I'm going to go check it out. You know me. I'm a historian. I want to see some of these, these uh, some of this stuff. I definitely do. Are
1: you going to take a picture of yourself with Lawrence Taylor's bust and text it to him with a bad M? Dash that's a good F- idea dash.
2: i think i will actually now that you're saying that i think <laughs> i will do that maybe you should put you put you in there too and we'll like give him the middle finger together and see if he responds to I us
1: don't, listen i just don't think it would be the place to flash the middle finger okay fine you're us. right okay i don't fine. think
2: we should do all that. right we won't do that Although, but picture is okay i know
1: that you say that you won't do it now but yeah i have a feeling not. it may change when we yeah. get there all right um I think we're out of time. I don't hear the count. We're down
2: to like 20 right now, she said in your ear. You're getting a little old there, old-timer. Well, you can't hear all that well. No,
1: I got somebody sitting next to me who talks really loud. <laughs> now I heard 15. So we are landing the plane. Hopefully we land successfully. Hopefully you enjoyed the show today. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Check us out all day long at profootballtalk.com. Have a great Wednesday. See you soon.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary.